0: Well, darling, I am ready to talk about the many lessons I've learned from Civil War. Oh? Yes, such as, if a disaster happens, abandon all pretense of morality and become an unhinged authoritarian.
1: A lesson well learned from this text, yes.
0: Also, gently leave your husband when he's being a heinous monster, instead of actually telling him off.
1: Of course.
0: And finally, even when you're on the side of good, you should still seem completely outside of your normal personality, and basically become Ahab from Moby Dick.
1: You know, I'm not a literature teacher, but I think you nailed it.
0: Thank you, darling.
1: Although, you forgot one thing. What's that, dear? The bad guys should ultimately win.
0: (sighs) I knew I missed something. Ready to talk about comics?
1: Yes. I'm Christina Edelman, and I'm Chris Edelman, and this is Chris's on Infinite Earths,
0: the podcast where nothing will ever be the same.
1: Welcome, readers, to our second episode covering Civil War, the first.
0: <laughs> Civil War, the first. <laughs> Civil War Senior.
1: Oh. What if they would have called? What
0: if they would have called Civil War II Civil War Junior.
1: Or just Junior.
0: Just Junior.
1: For short, you know, the book really didn't like going by his dad's name.
0: Civil War was the dog's name.
1: <laughs> uh oh.
0: Well, readers, it's been a it's been a couple weeks here in the uh, in the Chris's household.
1: We've all gotten sick at least once. Some of us more than once. Some of us more than once. Some of us thought we were sick and weren't sick and but thought we, we weren't sick and were sick and yep it's been a roller coaster <laughs>
0: it's been a real roller coaster
1: hopefully when you're listening to this readers we are all well and at c2e2 that's
0: true this comes out friday just when our train rolls on in
1: 4 a.m. train
0: yeah i think we'll actually be on the train when this comes out
1: we certainly will mhm so if you are taking a train ride anywhere at all this would be an excellent companion because not only would you, you know, have a lot of downtime to listen to us, but you can feel really connected to us as you share our cha- our train ride journey.
0: It's true. We can really take these parasocial relationships that podcasts kind of give to like an odd level.
1: I don't know. My YouTube yogi has really made me feel connected to this whole web of people that I don't know because we're all doing these videos together.
0: <laughs> does she talk about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, our connection to each other. Does
0: she just start singing somewhere out there, like from Bible? She
1: does sometimes sing, but not somewhere out there.
0: Oh, she sings.
1: Oh, uh, every once in a while.
0: Said chair tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me not to fly. I said,
1: <sighs>
0: while you're doing yoga. <laughs> All right, now uh, we're gonna we're gonna be belting out some stri Sand while doing Downward Dog. <laughs>
1: You know, I don't know if that would uh, enhance my yoga experience or not, but I would probably enjoy watching it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You'd stop doing it and just, just tune in. Oh. All right. Well, readers, we'll be at C2E2. We'll probably say a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But we've got some civil and some war, so we're going to have to get into the Summary. Summary. Civil War No. 5-7, through seven, written by Mark Millar, penciled by Steve McNiven, inked by Dexter Vines, John Dell, and Tim Townsend, colored by Maury Hollowell, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Molly Laser, Aubrey Sitterson, and Tom Bravoort.
1: Issue 5. Invisible Woman and the Human Torch narrowly escape from some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents as Sue turns the pair invisible and they fly away, later to return to Cap's base. Back at Stark Tower,
0: Spider-Man has had enough of this whole registration thing and confronts Tony. Iron Man has the upper hand before S.H.I.E.L.D. agents mistakenly shoot out the windows, allowing Spider-Man to escape. Maria Hill sends the Thunderbolts after our web-slinging hero.
1: Spider-Man is cornered by Jester and Jack-o'-lantern in the sewer, and beaten up quite badly before he is saved by the lethal force of the Punisher. The Punisher brings Spidey back to
0: Cap's secret base, saying that he is opposed to Tony Stark after Iron Man began using thieves and murderers in his war against Cap.
1: As Cap decides whether or not to allow the Punisher to join, with many against, Tigra secretly dials Tony on her phone. Reed
0: and She-Hulk discuss the ongoing situation as Daredevil, who is actually Iron Fist right now, is placed into custody. Crime is at an all-time low, with public opinion on superheroes at a peak, but Reed laments using the prisons and having to fight his friends. She-Hulk doesn't have such qualms.
1: Daredevil is led to Project 42, which is a negative zone prison for superpowered folks. Tony explains his idea to put an Avengers team in each state, and offers Daredevil the lead of one. However... Daredevil gives him a piece of silver, and calls Iron Man Judas.
0: Number 6. We get a scene of training of the Initiative's 50 state teams before we learn Reed is reprogramming the Thor clone to be a little less kill-friendly.
1: Meanwhile, the Punisher sneaks into the Baxter building to find data on number 42.
0: Susan Storm tries to convince Namor to join them by visiting Atlantis herself. However, Namor tells her that Cap should not try to use their unique relationship. Sue says she has no idea what
1: Namor means, but he isn't so sure. The Secret Avengers plan a raid on number 42, with Cap's intel suggesting that the pro-registration forces are planning a big assault. Diamondback reveals that several villains have joined forces with the team, and when they come out, the Punisher brutally shoots them.
0: Cap beats the heck out of the Punisher, but stops when Frank won't fight back against Steve.
1: Tony reveals a memorial garden made in Stamford to Damien's mother, the face of registration, it seems, and she is quite pleased. Doctor Strange
0: uselessly meditates in the Arctic, accompanied by the Watcher.
1: The secret Avengers go through one of the Negative Zone portals and are faced with Tony's forces.
0: Tony reveals Tigra as the mole, and Cap is like, yeah, duh.
1: Vencap reveals their mole, Hulkling disguised as Hank Pym, who has opened the cells for all of the captive heroes. Time to fight! Issue 7 It's big fight time. The heroes all clash inside the Negative Zone.
0: Black Panther, who is joined after the death of Bill Foster, is attempting to hack the portals, making a bridge to the Baxter Building.
1: Maria Hill and her cronies shut it down, which means Cloak has to do the biggest teleport ever, encompassing the entire fight.
0: The heroes all appear over the Baxter Building and continue to fight.
1: Captain America is getting completely wrecked by several villains when Namor and his Atlanteans appear.
0: To escalate further, the Thor clone and Marvell okay,
1: it's not really him, also arrive. In the midst of the fray, the Thing works to protect people from the collateral damage of the fight, calling out Sue Storm for help. Taskmaster puts Sue in the sights of his gun, but Mr. Fantastic takes the hit. I guess he's maybe not so terrible? Okay, yes, he is.
0: In a fit of anger, Hercules grabs the Thor-Poster's hammer and smashes the clone's head in with it.
1: And finally, Cap is wrecking Iron Man after Vision short-circuits his armor. But before he can land the final blow, ordinary citizens tackle him, telling the star-spangled hero to cut it out.
0: Realizing that this conflict has only hurt the people of New York, Cap surrenders.
1: The 50-state initiative launches, with the Negative Zone prison being hugely popular with the citizens of the U.S.
0: Cap's secret Avengers still operate on the down-low, with Cap himself still in jail.
1: Sue returns to Reed, who is feeling awful sorry about all this.
0: And Iron Man has been made Director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which effectively demotes Maria Hill.
1: Aboard a helicarrier, Iron Man reveals to Damien's mom that Project 42 was called that since it was the 42nd of 100 big ideas that Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic had, and that the best is yet to come.
0: The best was not yet to come.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is like the least satisfying ending to any crossover we've covered.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. It, uh... It's just, like, it ends in a way where you're like, I guess everything's all settled, but, like, not in a way that you like.
1: No. I'm It's not- I don't know what ending I could see to this story that I would have been happy with. But, like, on the list of things, this is probably pretty close to the bottom.
0: Yeah, Iron Man winning after he's been, like, so terrible this entire time.
1: Right, and, like- not, like, even winning in a way that's tinged with, gosh, you know, this was an awful thing we had to do, but it had to be done. Like, he maybe kind of feels that way, but it seems like, oh, we can finally get past this and onto my bright, sunny future that, <laughs> pew, pew, that's pew. definitely all going to work out.
0: Yeah, that's kind of it. Um, and this status quo continues for, for several crossovers. Ugh. I know. Ugh. It finally ends in a... Um, and a crossover called Siege which is only 4 issues but it's like the last of like the Bendis era of crossovers. I mean I guess Bendis still writes after that. It's just that to me that feels kind of like a logical conclusion for a lot of the stuff he sets up.
1: I I just I don't know why would they want this to be the status quo? Why why superheroes registered and working for the government and like in like this. isn't like a long-term stat. Nobody could have envisioned this as like, yes, this is what comics are going to be now, moving forward.
0: But this is like one of the longer status quo's that exists.
1: Mm, why? Why it's so bad?
0: Well, weirdly enough, some kind of interesting stuff came out of
1: it. Okay.
0: One thing we have not discussed because um, it's technically not in the main series. Steve is killed shortly after this.
1: I feel like I've read some comics where. I, I remember, like, you were like, oh, Cap's dead in this. And I'm like, what?
0: what? Yeah. He's, on, like, on his way, like, at, like to trial, if I recall. He's, like, shot.
1: Does that lead into another event?
0: Mm, not really. It, okay. it leads into a new status quo for Captain America, which is when Bucky takes over.
1: Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is
0: kind of when I started reading Captain America.
1: So, okay, okay. Obviously, Cap comes back, and I won't make you explain to me. No,
0: it's super confusing too. It has to do with like he was like shot back into time or something, but still like dead. It was weird.
1: Uh, I don't know. Just everything about these factions and everything just don't even make sense to me in my concept of who these characters are.
0: Yeah, they were. It was that was we mentioned it last episode, but this was for a lot of people seemed awfully out of character. I think the, the most in-character to me is Reed Richards, because of course.
1: <laughs> right. the One thing that I feel like could have been really fun to see more of, and I'm sure y- you see more of this, obviously, after the crossover, since it's the whole status quo setup. But it almost looked like we saw a few panels of, like, the superhero draft.
0: Uh, yes, an entire series spins out of this called Avengers The Initiative, and it's about, like, training all the teen heroes at, like, summer camp.
1: So they're getting ready for the draft. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> How do they decide which state gets the first pick in the superhero draft?
0: I think they assign them to certain states.
1: <laughs> no, no. We have a superhero draft, and I want it to be exactly like athletics, and I want it to be televised, and there to be stakes.
0: Well, doesn't there have to be a coin flip or something?
1: No, I don't think – normally aren't first like draft picks determined by – Who like how you did last season?
0: Yeah, but they haven't done anything last season. This is no,
1: no, no. But I'm thinking about this draft going forward, the superhero draft. So you know, whichever state has the highest crime rates, they get first draft pick.
0: That's not a thing to strive for, though.
1: (laughs) Well, no, no. Nobody wants to be the losing team that you know gets like a pity pick. But like, yeah, that that would be how it worked, you know. You're you get you get first pick this time because obviously your heroes weren't weren't good enough to get crime under control in your state.
0: <laughs> the superhero <laughs> draft. See, when you said draft to me, I, I expected like you know you like get your notice and you're number two. They send the superheroes off to war.
1: No, I'm imagining like cheerleaders and like huge signing bonuses, and you know. Oh, man, I'm really hoping, like, to get picked by New York in this draft, but it looks like I'm going to Oklahoma.
0: You know what really stinks? The Missouri team, like, never gets referenced or named. Oh. We get nothing. Oh. A lot of other states have cool named teams, or even, like, themed teams. The The Utah one is Mormon-themed, which seems like really low-hanging fruit. <laughs> but I don't think they, they go much into it. It was a Mark Millar throwaway line.
1: Uh, do you think that there could be like a rec league version? Like, you're not quite good enough to get drafted. Beer
0: league superheroes. <laughs> Everybody with power is in like their 30s who's just looking for something <laughs> to do after work. We really got to stretch a lot, so make sure we don't pull a hammy.
1: <laughs> Everybody's drinking the whole time.
0: Yeah. Happens in a lot of parking
1: lots. <laughs> I love it. I want this book, the, not the one we just read. Please.
0: This book seems like it wants to have a bunch of different ideas that don't necessarily need to fit either. I don't know how the 50 state initiative needed to be part of this. I think it could have been a complete follow-up and like barely referenced. Yeah. I don't I, I don't actually understand why that was necessary for civil war.
1: Uh, well, I mean, if you're wanting readership to follow that, like, and you're like me, and you saw that, and we're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I can-
0: the plot also has just like the most basic little beats. Like nothing is that intricate or interesting to me.
1: Yeah i I even feel like with the really strong stances everybody seems to be taking, we really don't examine anyone's motivations for being there.
0: Yeah, it's you get like Cap and Iron Man's quote unquote motivations.
1: But barely, those don't even feel like, I mean, like we have Cap's explanation of, I don't want the government to tell me who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Right. And that's what we get.
0: Mm-hmm. And Iron Man's like, I feel awful guilty.
1: Man, Jennifer Walters in this. Yeah, oof. I just, mm, mm. I've heard people say
0: that she is very much unlike the character of She-Hulk that was even like happening in the comics at the time.
1: I don't know if if Captain Marvel or Jessica Drew, either of them, had any, like, tie-in storylines, but we definitely see some panels of them, like, punching each other.
0: Yeah, so Spider-Woman didn't have a title at this point, but she was part of the Avengers team, or the Mm. new Avengers, and I think she was anti-registration. Yeah, yeah. And Carol, this was pre-Captain Marvel, so she is Ms. Marvel. Oh, oh, okay. At this point. And she was very pro-registration, because... Um, two Avengers teams spin off after this. There's the New Avengers and the Mighty Avengers. The New Avengers is like Luke Cage's, cause Cap's dead. So it's like Luke Cage's sort of underground team. And the Mighty Avengers is Iron Man's like official government team.
1: I mean, I just can't imagine some of these characters punching each other just cause the government told them to. Yeah, it's weird. I did kind of like the, I thought it was kind of fun uh, cloak teleporting them but they were actually like several like stories above the ground of New York. Yeah. yeah.
0: Why there?
1: I don't know. Why
0: didn't he teleport them to like the Mojave Desert or like, something?
1: Like literally anywhere else.
0: Manhattan is one of the most densely populated places or probably the most densely populated place in the entire country.
1: I mean, if he w- it seemed like I guess it was a big ask and he did the best he could. Yeah. And the best he could was 100 feet off the the ground of the most populated area.
0: (laughs) Yep. It's funny that he's like, it's like people are like sucking up into his cloak. Like he's like a vacuum cleaner and he's just really trying his best.
1: So did you love or hate the group of civilians that dogpile Cap?
0: It seems odd that they... It just feels weird that Cap is the one that everybody thinks is the bad guy after all this. Mm-hmm. He's just such like a like the like Cap is like Dolly Parton and like everybody loves Dolly Parton. <laughs> you know? All right. Like that that's he seems like a great unifier. I don't feel like there's and maybe maybe he's like too much of a great unifier at times, even, but you know, everybody loves Captain America.
1: Right. I don't know. It it just felt weird. It didn't yeah.
0: Maybe maybe it was supposed to be in New York, but I don't know. Like I can't see some like good old boy going like let's get cap, he's going against the government.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like that doesn't that doesn't sound likely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm just sorry that this exists.
0: Well it sells really well and it I don't want to say it helped get me into comics, but it it was neat seeing all the characters.
1: I'm just I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
0: <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. The Civil War story. <laughs> How did you feel about a lot of things being handled kind of off panel? Like, I don't remember there being a reveal that the prison was in the negative zone. That was like a big reveal. It was just like, oh, that prison, you know, the one that's in the negative zone and all. I and even like spider mans sort of big, like moment with Tony seems like we caught it like in the middle.
1: Oh, yeah. Like they were they were in the, the tail end of their fight.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I thought that was really an odd choice. I don't
1: know. If, if I can tell you one thing I didn't need more of in there, it was like panels of heroes fighting with each other. So I, d- I don't feel like I missed out.
0: Well, I, we could talk a little bit about Steve McNiven in that he has these, he does these kind of big lines and things are very like strong punchy i feel like he has this weird sense of like nothing's moving
1: there was one i I think it happened more than once but i hate the like i drew this very nice panel and now i'm going to give it this blur effect to make it give it like the i don't know like the shaky cam effect
0: it is it's comic book shaky cam it's it's bad yeah it's kind of an odd choice because it means you've drawn it, and then they just like do something weird in like Photoshop or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know enough about like how like Illustrator or anything works, but it just seems like because <laughs> it doesn't it look a-
0: like he drew like something to- meant to be blurry, right? He, it's like he drew something, and then they like shook it. In Put a snow like globe.
1: a f- filter on it. I yeah. don't know. <laughs>
0: it's Very odd when you see something like that compared to like the way that they'll draw like blurry hands in like manga when people are like punching really fast. That's like clearly or, meant yeah, to
1: be. Or that even way. even just like pre-digital comics. Right. Or even post-digital
0: comics they do. I don't think the blur effect is as I think this was like the Yeah. Yeah. Of blur it, it's effect. just
1: like, oh look at this thing we can do now. And
0: they'll know they, they could
1: did and they they didn't stop to think if they should.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was in House of M a little bit. There's this bit with Pietro and he's yeah. like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's weird. It was like they It's
1: just an era of comics.
0: Um you should have seen some of the really early computer generated Graphic comics, which is very much like a, like, we should not have done this. This was a terrible idea.
1: Does it look like the maze screensaver?
0: Uh, yeah, not unlike that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about what happened to Speedball. Who? <laughs> Speedball. The guy from the first issue who has, like, bouncy powers. And he theoretically exploded in Stanford, Connecticut.
1: Oh, the bad guy.
0: No, he's a good guy.
1: Oh the good the good guy who got exploded by the bad guy
0: well, one of the guys that got exploded one of the guys most of them died, but his powers are kind of like or enter- like he like bounces off of things, so he just like bounced really far and he took it all very personally and became a bad guy called penance
1: wait th- that's that's pe- oh the other penance okay yes.
0: the one that is not a uh, um saint croix related
1: oh uh, he's
0: got he he activates his powers with pain. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and he's he, girl or his girlfriend Squirrel Girl confronts him and is like Wait. Yeah.
1: Oh okay, yes. I vaguely remember this because one Zachary Jenkins made me see the- things that I wished I hadn't seen. Was
0: it the penitent puss, the cat?
1: Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, very good. I will never forgive him for that. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, okay. Connecting dots. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Thanks for thanks for pointing that out to me. I'd forget. I'd totally forgotten about our. I just assumed they were all dead, except Argus, for him. Except for him.
0: Yeah. Of um, Nitro, the 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 villain doesn't guy, die because he's the one who gets exploded. He like just reforms after exploding. Yeah, it
1: would be a a pretty lame power if you could only explode once.
0: However. In the worst X Men, which, which is a comic, <laughs> there is a character whose power is he can explode one time.
1: How do you know when that's your power? I
0: think I think uh, there's mutants that can that can figure out what your powers are. Oh, I think. Well, anyway, did you notice one very large figure in Marvel that was completely missing from this?
1: Um.
0: Very large, green.
1: Oh. Hulk.
0: this is when hulk's been shot into space
1: oh if i recall
0: correctly that's gonna set up for let me let me make sure
1: what's the crossover where hulk dies though
0: civil war ii
1: that okay yeah yeah yeah
0: so the next big crossover after this that takes place on earth is called world war hulk oh which is going to be the next marvel crossover that we cover and it is, after the Hulk got shot into space, he's really mad and comes back to seek his seek his vengeance.
1: For being shot into space.
0: Yep. There was this whole cool storyline called Planet Hulk that was basically Hulk, but also Spartacus, and it kind of rules. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite Hulk stories.
1: See, when you said which major Marvel character was missing, I just started to try and think of female superheroes, because they're not done well. In this.
0: They are. Mark Millar just kind of ignores them. (laughs) Sue Storm is probably the most prevalent.
1: And I don't know that I like how she's written either.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's not
1: super great. I just, I wanted her to be better. I wanted her to, I don't know. She switched sides, but it, and then she just, just came back. Yep. No. I mean, I imagine there was probably some marital fallout from that. But it's just basically like, Oh, well, it's done now, which, Mm. and he said, sorry. That's true. I'm not a fan of how, uh, some, one of the pages with Sue and Johnny and Johnny's carrying Sue and they're flying and it, it just looks odd because they're brother and sister and it looks like kind of erotic. And (laughs) I don't, it made me uncomfortable. You didn't see it that way. You didn't? No. at the, maybe it's just the fact that Sue is drawn sexily. I don't know. It's just...
0: There's also the limitations <laughs> of how to fly with people. There's, like, no nice way to do it.
1: I know. I've got I've to gotta pull up this panel. No, I know.
0: Th- He's got her, like, around, like, her waist, kind of, like, with both his arms. Like, it's a kind of hug.
1: Yeah, that on its own would not be awkward but it is how she has arched her back and thrust her chest up and towards him and thrown her head back that just
0: okay yeah that's fair
1: (laughs) and then for for no reason other than i guess humor then they like immediately after that are depicted in their their alternate whatever their their disguises right. as man and wife
0: yeah and that that didn't need to happen it like, didn't. that just didn't need to happen it um, didn't i'm gonna make a really oh obs- well, not that obscure reference for all our our listeners who are Shit's creek fans there should have been a sign pointing at this panel that just said don't worry she's his sister and we- it all would have been fine <laughs> but no i know exactly which panel you mean
1: okay yes. then i i will stop pulling it up yes
0: the other crossover that's kind of happening roughly concurrent to this is Annihilation, which is a big space crossover where like the, like the Annihilation wave, which is a, a, um, the forces of Annihilus from the negative zone have taken over like galaxies upon galaxies. And everybody's like, boy, I wish those Earth superheroes could help us, but they're all just fighting. Oh. It's pretty great. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've fully exhausted um, what we can discuss about Civil War by ourselves. Do we want to get into Twitter questions before we do some accolades?
1: Absolutely. Twitter, here we come.
0: You all brought the heat as far as Twitter questions is concerned. We're going to start with at Darth underscore Oni. Who asks, who's the bigger jerk, Reed Richards or Scott Summers? Who's a worse human being, Reed Richards or Charles Xavier? Why does Sue put up with his garbage? I think that we're being asked a real leading question. <laughs> um boy, Reed or Scott, like Scott's made some really poor personal choices, like leaving his wife and baby. But Reed Richards is like the worst husband of all time, even though he has not actually left his wife or baby. He strongly considered it at one point.
1: I don't doubt that.
0: It was um, to save like the multiverse. He was going to join a council of reeds who have all left their families.
1: Oh, I.
0: This was a a Hick the Hickman run. Oh,
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like Scott has probably had some more endearing moments than oh, Reed has had. So,
0: yeah, I think we're going to. If that we're looking
1: day. at whole picture, Reed Richards.
0: No. Who's a worse human being, Reed or Charles Xavier? This is also a toughie. Charles Xavier sent a bunch of teenagers to their deaths and covered it up for decades. Yeah. Well, in-universe, probably like a decade, but-
1: Like, let's-let's be honest. Oh, wait. Has Charles been married? No. Okay, so I was gonna say- Oh, oh. But. There's a but.
0: He has a son named-who's Legion. Yes. He, um, was, he had a psychic slash therapeutic relationship with Legion's mom as in a doctor patient thing before deciding to sleep with her, which is also pretty bad.
1: Oh, yes. I-, I was just going to say, if Charles was married, I imagine he would be an equally, if not more terrible husband
0: than Reed. Than Reed. That's definitely possible. The closest thing he's been to married, I think, was with, um, Empress Lalandra, his, uh, his bird girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, the Shi'ars, they all look like birds, kind of.
1: He just has some real boundary issues.
0: I don't know who's worse between Reed Richards or Charles Xavier. They're both pretty terrible. I think Charles has probably done slightly more nicer things at times.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: But- um, I
1: don't know if I've read enough- He did form the nation of
0: Krakoa. Okay. (laughs) But like- I get the sense from Charles Xavier that he will do anything for mutant kind, including sacrificing individual mutants. Yes. And Reed kind of feels the same, but like for like the universe to some extent. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes Reed's interest in superheroing is almost more academic.
1: Yeah. Reed almost seems like he's, he's written in a way that his discretions are more ignorance than malice
0: yeah he tends to work on a logical scale mm-hmm. in a way boy that's a toughie i don't know if i can say that one for sure i think I, for the sake of the fact that i love dunking on reed richards i'll say reed richards here's the thing though i love reading about reed richards him like re- wrestling with being a terrible absentee father in that hickman run i was like devouring every page But I also love reading about Charles Xavier. Charles is, like, both the worst and fantastic. Like, that last issue of, like, the newest X-Men, where, like, he's kind of being terrible. I'm like, ooh, yeah. That's what what I like to read. (sighs) But Sue should not put up with his garbage.
1: Oh, okay. Well, my vote, I think, was for the worst human being It was probably going to be Charles.
0: Well, he's a mutant, so actually he can't be the worst
1: human being. (laughs) Oh, oh, that. There we go. (laughs) Question answered. There we go. Um, but why does Sue put up with his garbage? Do- because the writers won't let her leave <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs>
0: Sue is the most powerful member of the of the FF. That's like canonical. Reed Richards is just a stretchy smart man. You can tell early on that that like Stanley did not want him to do stretchy things because he thought it would look silly.
1: Because it does look silly,
0: right? Which, th- but
1: then he's just like drawn like. Well, not in this, but I feel like I've seen a lot of Mister Fantastic just stretch all over the place in the most silly, ridiculous ways.
0: That's that's supposed to be what is so cool is he's like a he's like a super smart man who's like, just looks like a complete goofball. <laughs> but like they really didn't want to do it early on. I say that it seems like Kirby really liked drawing stretching.
1: <laughs> all right, our next question comes from at Josh Garvey on Twitter. Who least looked like a jerk by the end?
0: Um, That's Ben Graham. Oh, yeah. That's him. But I'd say between the two, I think Cap looks slightly less bad because he surrenders.
1: I don't know. The X-Men, because they didn't get involved. Because
0: <laughs> they're like, mm, we got better things to <laughs> do.
1: Is the Civil War movie the comic film that most improved on the source material?
0: Maybe. That's also not one of my favorite Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I feel like they're also kind of fighty for silly reasons. But yeah. Maybe, because the, the, the force of this is pretty bad.
1: Is the Goliath funeral supposed to be dark comedy? I don't think it was intended that way, but...
0: <laughs> I think it was supposed to be visually interesting. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny. No. Maybe it was. I don't know. Mark Millar has a weird sense of humor. Mm,
1: I don't think we really had... There was nothing in this that seemed like humor to me.
0: Ma- no, even Spider Man's like weirdly serious. Yeah.
1: All right. Is it odd that Cap died in the in an aftermath issue?
0: Yes, it should have been the end of the comic.
1: Yes. Uh, is Civil War the best track on Use Your Illusion 2?
0: I think this is a question that, that that Josh was was asking to be funny. I don't know. I don't know this one. I don't know anything about this one. Josh, you'll have to explain.
1: Oh, this to is us. this an album? Yeah. Illusion 2?
0: Use Your Illusion 2.
1: Oh. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar with uh With no, Use that. Your
0: Illusion 2? Let's look up Use Your Illusion 2 so we can both look very silly.
1: I loved how stumped I sound trying to figure out what that question oh, meant this as is, I read it. Uh,
0: this is a Guns N' Roses album from 1991. Uh. No, no thank you. I'm sure there's... Oh, it... Huh. Use Your Illusion 2 has songs like Civil War... Oh, but it has the cover of Knockin' on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan, which is maybe not a great cover, but I kind of love it because it gets, like, really weird at times. Mm -hmm. They're like, knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door. And that's pretty great.
1: Sounds like it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) So, sorry, Josh. I'm going to give it to Knockin' on Heaven's Door. I'm Mm -hmm. that basic.
1: All right. So, at... Rev. Zachary. This is Zachary Jenkins. So weird. I have never never heard of this person before. I don't know who this guy is. Even if it was actually Matt, how extra was that Daredevil scene? It
0: was so silly. Now you got 31 pieces of silver. Judas.
1: I low-key really loved it.
0: (laughs) That's like the (laughs) moment where you... That is something that I feel like that that, uh, Daredevil would do because it's so like drama school catholic
1: yeah oh yeah i i kind of loved it i know it was extra but i think that's why i loved it
0: Mm -hmm. we have several questions from at cave of splendor the Brandalorian, uh who starts off with part of civil war's legacy is the rich status quo it left as fallout the major cap change that warren ellis run on thunderbolts which is good and the uh ramp up to spider man's brand new day, how much should this fertile creativity be considered when evaluating civil war as a crossover? Well, we don't tend to, we tend to evaluate things kind of based just on their... on them they themselves they need to stand up on their own two feet
1: I mean garbage makes really fertile compost, so that's <sighs> true
0: <laughs> uh. I feel like I, I I give the same break to secret invasion, which is another it's gonna be like in a few crossovers. It very much like had a had a stinker of an ending but was like a real like oh this this gonna be good sort of situation. So maybe maybe we can give it a little bit of, of credit for that. but
1: maybe I will when I've read more of I guess this this good stuff that came after
0: the Capron's really good, but yeah. it, it started before this, so it it, it remains good.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. So second question, what do you think would have made for a more compelling reason for an ideological split among superheroes?
0: I thought of this lethal force.
1: Oh, like the superheroes who think it's okay to kill versus the superheroes who don't.
0: Although that's like, in this, it's just the Punisher. So maybe that isn't particularly good. Um, hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe if it was like softer, like working with S.H.I.E.L.D. at all, because some superheroes do work with S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: I mean, I feel like there are other crossovers where it's been hero versus hero that are, that are more compelling than this. Such as? Um, isn't it, 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 it's not the, is it Civil War 2? Where it's, um they have the fight over, like, should we kill Hulk or not? Is that
0: no the ideological conflict in civil war ii is should we use this guy whose powers accurately right. predict the future to to should we minority report this uh right yeah i don't it- i didn't like that either okay but,
1: but do you like that better than this
0: i think it's a better setup but it was so bad okay civil war Two is worse than civil war I'm, I'm i'm actually gonna i'm gonna dot that eye.
1: i've only read tie-ins
0: yeah i promise it's worse well.
1: Well, the tie-ins were nice. <laughs> That's
0: good. <laughs> yeah, Lethal Force is maybe not great. There's a, it, I think it's because I'm so used to X-Men, where some of them are very okay with using Lethal Force. Like, Wolverine kills people all the time.
1: Mm, Colossus we,
0: has killed people.
1: We we could lean comedic on this oh, in okay. our, our reasons for division. You know, cape no cape.
0: Boxers or briefs. Mm. Or underpants or commando, because you know a lot of people probably are just... Just going free under the spandex.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Even just, like, shawarma or no shawarma?
0: Ooh, very Avengers.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The answer is shawarma. No one could be against that.
1: But, like, heroes are able to unite, like, despite so many differences for so many different reasons that it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, like-
0: I don't like heroes fighting. That's just not interesting to me. Mm-mm. I don't mind it when it's like four panels at the start of a comic, because that's a, that's tried and true. And they realize, oh, man, we shouldn't have been fighting. Not mm-hmm. not seven issues. Right. Actually, more than that. It took more than that to like resolve this.
1: <sighs> that's just how I wanted this to end. I wanted it to end with the heroes having to unite to overcome something together.
0: Well, the best is yet to come. <sighs> All right. We got a few big honking questions coming up. From at Daniel P. Grote, if Marvel's villains fought a civil war, what would the sides be? And what would it be over? Pick two captains and four villains per side. Dan, this is like, this is like real homework.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay.
0: I I got a good one. There's the villains who are purely in it for monetary reasons. And there's the villains who are in it for like ideological evil and they fight over it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many villains there are that are just. Ideologically evil. They're
0: mostly cosmic, <laughs> Thanos. Right. Thanos is dudes. <laughs> there, I picked the team.
1: <laughs> um. Dormammu. Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess
0: I would say even miss or well, uh, Apocalypse in some ways. He's I mean he's not in for money. He's in it for like the, only the strong survive sort of deal. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know.
1: I mean, I guess because we've we've seen villains have to unite over some of those big cosmic type threats. Yeah. Too.
0: The Hood, I think would be a good captain of the the earth-based heroes. He has like a demonic evil hood, but he still like does normal crimes. Okay. So the infinite wanna- money team. Okay. We got to do like t- Titania and Crusher Creel Deck.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But who's the I mean, I don't know if either of them would be a leader. Here,
0: no. The hood's the leader. The hood's
1: the leader. Oh, okay, the that's leader. right. That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: The very least, who else would be in it for the the money? Green Goblin would probably be in it for the money. Kingpin. Maybe there would be some object that would be like very good and exploitable for like money stuff, and but some villains could exploit it for like big big the big evils. I don't know. Doing the best here.
1: Oh wait, could Doctor Doom be the leader of one side?
0: Yeah, the I, other side. I could, yeah, let's let's do that. Okay. Th- so Thanos would be on the team and he'd be mad he wasn't the leader. Maybe. Yeah.
1: I mean I guess I guess Thanos could be the leader. I don't know. But I, I, I if like if Doctor Doom. I yeah. I like the thought. But of I, I almost think Doctor more...
0: Doom is like a wild card in oh. the like why would Doom join a side? Doom right. is Doom is on Doom's side.
1: Well that's why I'm saying like Doom would have to be a leader if he uh-huh. was on a side.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh-huh. Um maybe Kang would be on one of the or would be on the, the big evil side. Mm-hmm. Who's another like big existential threat villain? Like uh, Baron Mordo, mm. the Doctor Strange villain. Yeah. All right, we did it. There we go. Dang it, Dan, that was hard.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, at Arthur Stacy Adam Rec asking the real questions the, here. The real questions. Should heroes fight heroes like this, or should they just fight villains? They should just. They fight should villains. just fight villains. Ugh. All right, at Play Comics Cast asks which dc character would each side pull in to be their leader huh so if it was the same setup same story oh, that's we weird, just needed DC to Has
0: such a different sort of deal like, they don't have a shield
1: mm-hmm.
0: hmm. like, trying to think of would people distrust superman like i don't know who it, i don't know who they'd fight for to be honest
1: mm. i
0: can't i feel like batman would probably be against registration in general yeah I don't know who would be pro-registration, though. Wonder Woman? I don't know. That doesn't sound like Wonder Woman.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it didn't sound like anybody in this either. Yeah, Um, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Uh, Let's say Green Lantern is pro-registration.
1: Oh, yeah. Hal Jordan. Yes.
0: Cool, we did it. There
1: we go. (laughs) All right. And at uh, Ravel underscore near... How would Civil War Three look under the Christie editor in chief reign? Who would be the two leaders arguing? What are they arguing about? Which character will have a change of heart in the middle of the book without explaining? Okay, so I, I, this is this it's, is this is a
0: question for you.
1: This is so Civil War Three, two leaders arguing. Okay, th- this is going to be a fun one. Okay, um, we we need Squirrel Girl here. Sure. Yeah, okay. she's going to be one leader. Um, and Squirrel Girl is going to be arguing with Tony Stark as she often does.
0: Okay, on Twitter about
1: about about the best nut.
0: The best nut. <laughs> Ding.
1: Iron Man thinks it's a pistachio.
0: Oh, of course he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is a change of heart in the middle?
1: Um. Oh, let's see. Um, It, you know, tippy toe. It would be heartbreaking.
0: That is heartbreaking. Why? Why would they do that?
1: Well, they would never tried a pistachio until now.
0: All right. Well.
1: (laughs) It's the only entertaining way for superheroes to fight. I love it. About something totally trivial. And it would all be the entire comic would be Twitter exchanges.
0: A fascinating read. <laughs> All right, the bonus question from Near, even if it's not from Civil War, I think what he is saying is it is from a similar incarnation of Cap. What does the A on his head stand for? We know what it doesn't stand for. The A on his head does not stand for France. Yeah. Okay, well, what's the A stand for?
1: Is this a trick question? What does the A stand for? <laughs> America?
0: I think Near is saying what should the A stand for? <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand.
0: I think it stands for almonds in this conflict. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You haven't read The <laughs> Ultimates. It's 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 a line he says.
1: Okay. Do
0: you think this letter on my head stands for France? It's, Which is a weird thing for Captain America to say because he was just thawed out of the ice. Who is he fighting with? The French. <laughs> Why would he suddenly not like France? In fact... That line made um, Ed Brubaker so mad, who was writing the main line
1: mm-hmm.
0: Captain America run, that he had a specific bit in one of the issues talking about how much Captain America respected the French soldiers that he worked with in civil or in the World War II. because <laughs> he thought the whole "What does this letter on my head stand for?" was like if Captain America was thought out of like 2002 instead of you know 1945.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, sorry, near. Sorry for my limited scope.
0: (laughs) Christy has not read that bad comic. (laughs) Iron Man is chilling on a satellite with Shannon Elizabeth, which also very much dates that comic to when Shannon Elizabeth was like particularly big.
1: Mm. I just had another idea. Okay. For my crossover event. Yes. That is a civil war. Mm -hmm. We need like something like West Side Story, little Romeo Juliet action. Okay. And it needs to be musical.
0: You know that people died in West Side Story, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I I don't. I just I just had that that kind of musical f- feeling mm-hmm. and warring factions. There we go, West Side Story. That's that's what's in my head right now. I got. Gotcha. I am it, I'm still working on it. Working on this this we'll, idea. We'll workshop I'll, it. Yeah.
0: While we do some accolades.
1: <laughs> accolades.
0: All right, Christy, what is the best line in this comic?
1: All right, my best line I gave to Daredevil.
0: Oh no, the, you gave him to the. Yep.
1: The, I guess guess that's, that's thirty-one pieces of silver you've got now, huh? Uh, it was so. I don't know. I feel like it's it's like it's like bad good. It, like in, it's something. It was my favorite out of all of them.
0: Yeah, most of the lines are bad. <laughs> Uh, My best line is bad, bad, which is where Hercules smashes the Thor clone's head and says, thou art no Thor.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. That is good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, What about your coolest moment?
0: This was tough because I didn't think anything cool happened. Really? Spider-Man doing his like multi-hero kickies. I think could have been illustrated way better, but it, when it played out in my head, it looked really cool. And then there's the, the, right afterward where Mr. Fantastic says, amazing. And Spider-Man kicks him and says, spectacular, which is a bad joke on Spider-Man comic <laughs> titles.
1: Well, my coolest moment I gave to your greatest line, the the page of Hercules smashing Thor clone in the head and saying, thou art no, no Thor. I thought it would
0: look gorier. It kind of just looked like an accordion exploding.
1: I, I mean, it looked really like I don't know that I and really fully understood that this this uh Thor was supposed to be like cyborgy. I thought it was more like clone.
0: It is a clone cyborg. I don't know why it needed to be both. It's really.
1: Funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about your greatest hero? Mine's the
0: thing because he's the only one who actually wants to help people.
1: Okay. Um, Based on things that you have said in this episode so far, I know that you will very much not agree with my choice. Okay. But I gave my vote for greatest hero to Doctor Strange. For
0: not doing anything? He just <laughs> hangs out.
1: Ah, uh, he looks like he's doing some sort of magic meditation
0: i love that uatu hangs out with him as opposed to watching anything else which to <laughs> me makes it seem like eh, nothing else is really important dr strange sitting here very important
1: i mean i think it says more about the comic than it does me that my greatest hero was the one that was sending thoughts and prayers
0: oh oof! yeah there all right well how about your crusher creel award for silly villainy
1: I gave my Crusher Creole award for silly villainy to the Punisher
0: for, for like immediately shooting all of the
1: the villains that were like, "Hey, we want to help." What? And yes, his response. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if the Punisher sounded like a like surfer? <laughs> or like he was like from the 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 SNL sketch The Californians? Oh. There were thieves and murderers, cap. <laughs> I love that because I don't think anybody (laughs) from California actually sounds like that. Oh, no. What are you doing here? (laughs) Uh, My Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy goes to Tony for like reusing the cop line again. Like, well, Bill Foster just died. You know, that was just like what a cop would have done. He says it like again.
1: Yeah. It's like he's trying
0: to convince himself that it's like the thing. It's like, you goober.
1: No. All Um, right.
0: The final. And greatest of all the accolades.
1: The Key of Sea Award. What was yours?
0: Mine is when Captain America realizes that they're all just fighting. I just imagine him having like an inner monologue. We could even do one of those things that we all hate, where everybody starts moving in slow motion on mm, stage. And, yeah. Ooh, I hate that. Hate that. And then he's just like singing about how terrible it all is.
1: Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. Oh, it's the Daily Double. do. Uh absolutely. Uh cap for his his turn there it it needed a momentous song to go with it. It does.
0: Uh fun fact about me at least. I hate when people do like slow motion in stage plays. You
1: have talked about it on this podcast.
0: Yeah. And I'll say it again it's awful.
1: I don't know if I edited parts of that out because it was a rant and I don't think we need to do it again. <laughs>
0: nope. That's all I'm saying <laughs> it's terrible. all right well readers this was this has been fun it's been real it's been at least real if not fun i think i think maybe the readers have all had fun listening to us rant about civil war
1: uh if they haven't they're probably not still listening true so so glad you had fun readers
0: (laughs) please catch the next one if you didn't Readers, we are going to be at C2E2. We said it before. We're going to be wandering around with fellow podcasters. We are at C2E2. Literally right now.
1: Unless you're listening to this late, in which case we were at C2E2. And
0: you missed us. Or maybe you didn't. Or maybe you didn't. We're going to be hanging out with fellow podcasters Zach Jenkins and Adam Reck, Charlie Davis, a few other people from the Xavier Files crew, probably some other random people that are not part of the Xavier Files crew. I've seen have seen some, some folks who are wanting to hang out for a little bit. It'll be fun. Yeah. They're going to announce the next, or the the big X-Men summer thing, which Hickman said was not an event. Okay, buddy.
1: <laughs> it is a thing worthy of being announced that is not an event.
0: I wonder if Hickman just hates events. I kind of see that, to be honest. Except he's the guy who came up with the idea of let's do two miniseries that are one miniseries.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, if you see us there, say hi. Uh, I don't think we really have anything fun to give away, but we'll probably be with our pals that will have stickers for you.
0: Yeah, we don't have any stickers. Sorry. We didn't, we didn't actually know if anybody would really want to talk to us, and it seems like maybe a few people do.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. People talk to us at this con. Maybe we will make stickers.
0: Maybe we will. Well, if you want us to make stickers, please tell us at Chris's Pod. On Twitter and Facebook, you can also give us a five-star review on Facebook and on any of your podcatchers of choice. Just jam those five stars. You don't even have to read a, a long review if you don't want to, but if you do, we'll read it out on the show.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, your review could just be, this podcast is awesome, and so am I. Uh, and we would say it. We, we totally would.
0: <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us in uh, more of a long form, you can do so at uh, Chris is on at gmail.com
1: Uh-huh. Um. And you can also donate to our Patreon or uh, send us some cash on Kofi. Links are in the show notes.
0: We have some cool levels for, for all of you there. And I think there, it might be pretty close to reward time. I'll have to check up on that mm-hmm. for a few of uh, our patrons.
1: Yeah. And we're going to have soon our- In
0: March, we're going to do our Who Framed Roger Rabbit bonus episode.
1: Yeah. So either next episode or the following Yeah, should be one of the next two.
0: Yeah. Or we yeah, we may we may throw it in kind of in a weird in between. We'll figure it out.
1: hmm Uh and of course, you can check out our work over at Xavierfiles.com, our our writing, if you're interested in not just hearing us, but reading what we have to say.
0: Yeah. We get sometimes we got a lot, sometimes we got too much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have editors. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, readers, it's been fun.
1: And until next time,
0: slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.